Welcome to Electric City Collective Podcast. We're so glad you're here. Hey friends, your hosts today are Grace and Sylvia. Welcome to Episode 5, Biblical Teaching. Hey guys, welcome back to ECC Podcast and How I Know Sylvia is through Anderson and through BCM. Hey, I'm Sylvia. I, like Grace said, we know each other from BCM and ECC But yeah, I'm a Christian studies major. I'm a junior at AU. I have a preaching concentration and a theology and philosophy concentration. So it's just a fancy way of saying I read and write all the time. But for ECC specifically, I mainly am the team leader for their worship team. And I'm slowly sort of going to start dabbling into the teaching team. But for right now, main focus is worship. How did you become involved in ECC? Well, at the beginning of sophomore year, Matthew came up to me after one of our classes, and we sat down in Books and Beans, and he was like, so I have this thing. I've been having dreams. (laughs) I've been thinking things up, and I feel like it's I have the go-ahead from God, and it was ECC. We didn't have a name for it. It wasn't really this huge thing yet. It was sort of just Matthew's mind child. But when he started to explain to me what he felt like he was being called to do, I I felt the tenacity, the, the spiritual force that was behind it, just bringing life to churches and sort of bringing in a revitalization and providing services that they might not normally have. His whole idea, it really just struck a chord with me, and I felt the Holy Spirit say yes and that I needed to be a part of it. So we just started talking about what it would look like and how we could form it so that it would outlive us, and we're still in those formative years, I would say, but the events that we've done so far have been phenomenal. And if they haven't grown ECC just as a ministry, they've definitely grown us as individual people and allowed us to see different parts of the Father that we probably wouldn't have gotten to see in those situations. So, yeah. So biblical teaching is one of our core values at ECC. And basically... Matthew's idea was that we believe in teaching from the Word of God. So with that in mind, what does that value mean to you, or why is it important to you or ECC? So I think with any ministry, biblical teaching should be one of their core values because it's a ministry, and if we're doing ministry apart from the Word of God, then then it's just an organization and there's no spiritual power behind it. So taking biblical teaching and really pushing it through up to the top of the core values of why ECC is ECC and how we're going to choose to operate. Biblical teaching is like the foundational thing that should be done in any ministry. When we were going through those core values, biblical teaching was just one of the first because, like I said, like you can't do a ministry apart from, from the Word of God, and that's exactly what we have to connect with God here on earth until we get to heaven. Like the word of God is exactly what we need to be able to discern his voice and to encourage and correct and rebuke. And it just reminds me of 2 Timothy 3, 
16, and it says, All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. And that was exactly what we were thinking of when we thought about biblical teaching. Just in that realm, we we didn't want to put anything else at the top that would be sinking sand because the Word of God is our firm foundation. We wanted that rock. We wanted to, to be able to withstand you know, things of culture and different church denominations because of the word of God is what it says it is. So, How can you utilize biblical teaching and what you've learned through your CCS classes at AU when you are speaking on behalf of ECC when you preach? Mm. The initial thought that came to my mind was the hermeneutic of how we're going to interpret scripture and how we're going to then apply that in our lives. So, because, you know, we walk around with the label of ECC as the ministry we're a part of. So it's not like we're trying to hide anything from people when we're living our lives and being normal functioning people of society. So we have to use that hermeneutic of scripture and actually apply it to our lives. So when I am in my Christian studies classes and when I am participating in conversations with people that might not know Jesus as much as I like want them to know like you said BCM like I'm also a community group leader so meeting with my girls and really encouraging them and pushing them to know God more you have to take that hermeneutic of how am I going to interpret scripture how am I going to see the word of God for what it is and apply that to my life so that I can be the example that other people are seeing because if you you can talk 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 all day and, and then when the doors are closed and no one's looking, you could be a totally different person. Actually taking scripture and applying it to your life and letting it change you for the better is the first thing that I've really like wrestled with when it comes to taking biblical teaching and using it for my life. I'm one of those people that like desperately doesn't want to be fake. <laughs> and I, I just want to, to be the most authentic version of myself like there are any other versions, but taking the word of God and allowing it to sit on your heart, allowing it to change you. And I mean, like the word says, like circumcise your heart. So taking that, actually doing what it says and allowing it to change me. How do you think that you use that when you're talking to your community group girls or talking to people who are at ECC events one-on-one after your lesson maybe, right? what do they, what do you say to them when they ask you those kind of questions or hard questions? It's definitely a little bit of a whirlwind sometimes because you, you have like a list of, of questions that you think people will ask you like, oh, problem of evil type stuff. Like if we have such a good God, why does evil exist? Or why did my grandma die? Or why do I feel this way about my sexuality? Or why do I like boys and I'm a boy? Different things like that. And you kind of, you have to take the context of how you're, of where you are, and that's how you have to talk to people. So it, a lot of the times, I'm in, a, I'm in my apologetics class right now, and my teacher always says this, shout out Dr. Fuller. But he said that when he's speaking to a very rural part of South Carolina or wherever you are, he really had to deal with questions that were like, no, I believe in God but I'm really struggling with believing that he's good or believing that he's just, you know, et cetera. In more urban places, it's like, no, let's talk about the philosophical foundations of why God isn't real. So you're kind of approaching 
the context differently because you're in a different place. And most of the events that I've had the pleasure of being a part of for ECC, there was one over the summer that was in Bethany, South Carolina, <laughs> and it's so small. It was it was such a little church, but I love those because we get to just be so much more intimate with the kids and actually get to know them and, and learn their names and learn where they're from and all this other fun stuff. I didn't get many questions, but the questions I did get were centered along the lines of like, how how do you lead worship the way you do like so freely? How do you not get scared or or want to just like concave in on yourself because you see all these people looking at you? And I just got to share how I have I don't have to be fearful of what man is going to say to me. I don't have to be fearful of how I'm going to be approached at the end of a worship set or at the end of a teach. I I get to be joyful because I've done what the Lord has called me to do, and I have done it with spirit and in truth. And most of the time, those questions, they don't make me feel like I have to muster up an answer. It's just saying like, no, this is who God says he is, and this is what he's done in my life. And I kind of get to share a little bit of my testimony and, and hope that the, the spirit of God just moves through them. How has biblical teaching impacted you? Even outside of ECC, like before ECC, maybe your youth group or like growing up, like how did biblical impact you then? And then how is that different from how it impacts you now being in ECC on two teams and like being a preaching major? As a high schooler, because that's when I started following Jesus, I was a part of a youth group and all of their teaching was biblical. I, I can't remember any time where they just like stood up and didn't touch the Bible. <laughs> but it was always impactful because they were teaching from the Word of God. They were taking time to wrestle with the text and and eventually lose because our first perceptions of the text are usually wrong. So they were consulting people wiser than them and commentaries. And the Spirit of God is, is still using all of these things to help them formulate sermons and everything. Hearing that biblical teaching really set in my soul, okay, this is how it's supposed to be done. So coming into college, coming into my preaching classes, it's it makes sense to me that we would preach from the Bible. And I'm, I'm assume there are people out there in the world who question the sort of like, oh, you're teaching from the Bible? Like, you have the Spirit of God inside of you. Why not just allow the Spirit to do what He wants? and preach from that, but we have to remind ourselves that allowing biblical teaching to do its job in Timothy 3, 2 Timothy 3, we're allowing it to do all of those things. And coming into a preaching major, I would, <laughs> this, is, this is funny, but I would probably be laughed out of the stage if I just didn't pick up my Bible when I was preaching, <laughs> because, because my words are null and void. They mean nothing if they are not connected with the Holy Spirit. So, it makes sense to me that we would preach from the Bible and biblical teaching in and of itself has, I, even as a high schooler learning about God for the first time, it was, it hit different because I was being taught his words. I wasn't being taught like, oh, this is what God told me or, oh, this is what I, what I took from hearing about Jesus. It was, no, God is, is taking out the middleman per se and he's directly speaking to me because of his word so that was that's definitely the like the bar that was set early on in my life why do you feel called to teach others about the gospel I know that like being 
female CCS major mm. and preaching major isn't very like common. Yeah. <laughs> and, and like you're called to like the teaching team. Yeah. Like kind of like how does that make you feel? It's definitely it's it's like a range of emotions most of the time. Being a a female in the CCS program in and of itself is is far and few between. But add tack on top of that preaching concentration, it's it's not very common. I think there I'm like one of three women in the entire CCS program, or at least just the junior class that have a preaching concentration. And it's it's a little bit daunting because especially freshman year when you're having all those conversations of like women in ministry and, and what are your, our roles as males and females sort of being out of the gate hit with all of the like here's the opposing views of women in ministry in general I was really discouraged for a little bit and obviously I am I do feel discouraged sometimes but it takes the people it takes God assuring me almost every morning that he's the one who gets to call people not other people saying, oh, you're a woman, you can't preach, you can't teach. He's the one that is 100%. That's the final word. So coming into college and then hearing all of these like pushback views, it was like, okay, God, I'm going to I'm gonna lean on what you've told me. I'm going to lean on everything that you've called me to because I remember getting the call. I remember being at summer camp literally on my face on the floor during worship. And my pastor came out and said, hey, there are, there are two people in this room. There's one that needs to be saved and there's one that needs to be called into full-time ministry. And the second he said full-time ministry, I leapt to my feet and ran to the front of the altar because the Spirit of God was like, hey, that's you. You should. You need to go. You need to go. And never turning back from that, never wavering and like believing that I could have a different career or a different vocation because I would never be as happy. I would never be as fulfilled or... I would I would simply just flat out being disobedient if I chose to do something else. So when I heard that call to ministry, the Lord said, you're supposed to preach and teach the gospel. And I constantly have to bring myself back to that moment in the, in the doubt, in the frustration, in the waiting. I have to bring myself back to that moment of, of God saying, you're supposed to preach and teach the gospel because it, it was so clear. It was so precise that I have no room to question it. So coming into the CCS major and then hearing all that pushback, I have to remind myself of that moment. And I also have to remind myself that God is the one who gets to call, not anyone else. And I have to remind myself a lot of that right now because I'm in my first preaching class. And even though I feel like that's preaching and teaching is the calling on my life, I've never done it before. (laughs) So it's a little bit daunting, but I'm more excited than I am fearful. Why do you think Jesus called you to teach and be a worship leader? Like, hmm. I'm sort of like wading into the waters of teaching for ECC, and worship was the first thing I did for them. For the longest time after I got my call to ministry, I was like, okay, I'm going to preach and teach the gospel. I'm going to preach and teach the gospel. This is what I'm supposed to do. Coming into college, I was like, all right, any opportunity I get to preach and teach the gospel, <laughs> I want to do it. Sort of just this like eager beaver type beat. But the Lord really, really humbled me in in knowing that I'm so not ready to be preaching and teaching as a freshman in college. And I was just 
so eager that I was losing the intention behind my calling. And he was like, I'm going to hide you. He said, Sylvia, I'm going to hide you. I'm going to not give you any opportunities to preach and teach the gospel. I'm not going to allow you to, you know, formally, like obviously sophomore year BCM leader, this year BCM leader, preaching the gospel in that sort of sense. But in the way that I felt completely called as like standing up on a Sunday and saying, here's what the word of God is teaching us today. He was saying, no, I'm not going to let you do that for, for as long as I feel is right. And then I'll let you know when, when I call you back, when I bring you back into that area of life. And at the, at that time I was like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? What am I, what am I going to do in the meantime? I guess I'll, I'll be a sponge and I'll like learn all this stuff and I'll really take in everything that I'm doing in class. And the Lord sophomore year of college was like, Hey, I'm not going to leave you high and dry for however long I want because you're not ready to preach and teach. So here's this nugget of, of worship leading for almost a year and a half now. I've, I've been worship leading consistently and learning what it means to discern the spirit in song and learning what it means to actually use my gift that I've been given and use that to preach the gospel in a different way. That's where, that's still kind of where I am. I'm almost like, like I said, just wading into the waters of preaching and teaching, but I still feel very hidden in my preaching and teaching because I'm, I'm learning a lot right now. And even though I'll be, I'll be preaching for the first time for ECC in November, I will still feel very hidden because I, yes, I've, I've spent time in the word and I've, I've wrestled with it, but I'm not, I wouldn't want to stand up on a Sunday morning and be like, Hey guys, look at me. (laughs) But that being said, worship leading is and was where I am when Matthew brought this idea of ECC. So, and he knew that I was so, I'm still so deep in worship right now that all of the things that I have learned are really going to impact the way I want ECC to lead worship and the way I want to help shepherd and pastor worship for ECC. So that part I feel super confident in just because I feel the Spirit's yes. That's where I'm confident. When it comes to getting into the preaching and teaching, I'm, I'm a little bit weary because because of my flesh, because I'm, I'm afraid people are going to see me and they're going to be like, um, that's a girl, get off the stage or different things like that. I'm just so desperate to not be wrong. And in that, I have to know that the Lord is still going to do what he wants to do, whether I'm wrong or not. And merging those two areas of ECC into my life right now is just this beautiful collision of fear and confidence, being obedient to what the Spirit is, is leading me to do, while also stewarding and shepherding this thing that he has, he has built in me for so long is this beautiful collision of things, so... Do you have any like testimonies kind of from an any ECC event that you worked that really impacted you? Mm. I think the very first ECC event it was at Matthew's home church and it was daunting. I'll to say the least it was daunting because I won't say we bit off a little more than we could chew, but we were definitely ambitious in our first try because the original plan was to just do a youth event for them and 
And then Matthew came back and was like, hey, they actually want us to lead worship for their three Sunday morning services as well before we do the youth event. So we were like, okay, sounds good. And we, this lovely lady, one of the members of the church allowed a, allowed the girls to stay in her house and the boys stayed at Matthew's house. So she has written books. She's a theologian. And we just, we stayed up until probably midnight just talking to her, asking questions about what the Lord has done in her life and how much she has learned. So by that time, we were already sleep, sleep deprived, let alone we had to wake up at 530 to get to church and rehearse and then do their three services. And then at seven o'clock, do their youth service where Matthew and Emma preached and my team led worship. We also just had a full band for worship. So I was like months before I was texting people and asking people like, Hey, would you want to do this thing? Really just taking a lot of time to make sure that everything was put together and in place. But during the morning services, it was very different from anything that I had ever experienced. I grew up where, you know, people raise their hands in church and people pray over people when they feel led to. So almost entering into a church where that isn't the norm, I was taken back in in the way I was leading worship because I wasn't seeing what I had seen all my life. But in that moment, the Lord was really, really teaching me that the joy of leading worship is that it's so authentic because I'm doing it the exact same way I would if I were alone in a room with God. Just the way I lead worship is also a testimony. I don't have to fabricate anything or, or wish that I was getting anything from, from the people that are singing along with me because everyone's walk is different. Everyone's testimony is different. But if I could show them just a little bit of what freedom in worship looks like and sort of proverbially put a rock in their shoe in the way I lead worship to have them start to think like, okay, maybe, maybe like, maybe I could actually sing along. Maybe I could open my mouth and sing, or maybe I could just let my hands out in front of me open for what the Lord has to give me. I think that's the biggest thing of that I learned from that first encounter was learning that my worship is a testimony and that also just sparked this whole thing like we were talking about earlier, sparking this thing of authenticity and in, in worship and worshiping the way we would in secret and in public as well. So I think that's the pillar that sort of started the foundation of authentic worship for me. Now that ECC has like three or four teams, I think. Yeah, three or four teams. How have you seen Jesus work through all three of those teams? Obviously, I see a little more with worship, but even with the preaching team as well, I think I see more more of the Lord moving in the AV team, like the team that you, Grace, are on. Like your obedient yes to what ECC has is it like fuels my fire a lot too. Seeing how you and Corey have just like come to ECC in general and and put your yes on the table because a lot of the stuff that you guys do is is unseen. It's it's not like people come up to you after and are like, "Man, those lights looked so great, Grace," or or those slides were on time or anything like that. People just sort of expect you guys to do your job. So, I think watching you watching you guys be so humble in the way that you worship 
in doing lights or doing production or anything like that has really just shown shown me how much God moves through different areas of this ministry. And I'm just so grateful that you and Corey have have said yes to this thing. So kind of like what you were saying, but um, flipped around, like, why do you serve? Why did you put your yes on the table to this? Why did you put your yes at the table to VCM and Jesus and all the things? Yeah. We were just talking about this last night, too. What's your why? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think, and my, I, I have to, I have to just bring it back to what I wrote down on my card last night at our meeting, but my yes is 100% full-fledged to make heaven crowded, and that sounds so cliche. <laughs> it sounds like, mm, put it on a t-shirt and sell it, but I definitely, that was just the first thing that came to my brain when we were asked, like, what's your why? Why are you, why are you putting your yes on the table for this ministry? And it's because I want to make heaven crowded because I want to bring people where I have been. And the, one of the characteristics of a leader is you can't bring people where you haven't been. So I can't bring people into authentic worship until I've experienced it myself. I can't bring people into freedom from XYZ until I've experienced it myself. So allowing myself to to feel things and to feel freedom from things and then bring my BCM girls or bring the people I'm leading worship with up there. Like in Revelation 5, I believe, John's vision is of the throne room of God. He's saying that Jesus is, is looking at him and he's saying, come up here and let me show you. Come up here. Recently, that's just been sticking with me because all the times I've led worship, all the times I've I've put my yes on the table or whatever it may be in whatever sector of life, I put my yes on the table because I want people to come up here with me. So 100% bringing people where I've been and just saying, yeah. Yeah, I think like even my BCM leaders in the past, They've like drilled into me. Consistency isn't perfection. Mm -hmm. Showing up isn't always perfection. And like being a leader is just simply being someone's friend and as leading the A V team. Yeah. Now I think it's really interesting for me to know that like yes, like we have new people like Sierra's our freshman Mm -hmm. and like to be able to lead her, but like to lead her I just kinda have to throw her in the fire. (laughs) A little bit, yeah. But also like just like learning to step back like I am a senior and I am leaving. Yeah. So it's like equipping this team to be better, even if I stay or even if I go. I know that she's equipped enough and understands these core values enough. Yeah. To be like, hey like this is why I'm doing it. You're not doing it for show, you're doing it for Jesus. Yeah, exactly. That's great. Thanks for coming. Thanks for having me, Grace. It was fun. I appreciate it. (laughs) Even if it was at Eight in the morning. Literally. Oh my gosh, on a Monday. Literally. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to the ECC podcast. We hope you were encouraged and know that Jesus is your friend. Feel free to check out our Instagram at ecc.ministry and our Facebook page at Electric City Collective for more information or to contact us about scheduling your event.